Welcome to Bougie Booze, a podcast hosted by a brother and sister from another mister. I'm David. I'm Cam. Thank you for listening as we talk about Black culture, Asian culture, pop culture, 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 and quite frankly, anything else we want to talk about. So how are you today, boo? You know, I'm kind of confuzzled. Confuzzled? <laughs> yes, it's confused, concerned, and puzzled. And puzzled, all in one. Um... I just placed an order mm-hmm. at Target and I ordered four items and these items are not even out of the ordinary. It's just okay. health healthcare items, face wash, face moisturizer, bar soap, and my ashwagandha gummies. <laughs> and my total was $50. And well, I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, is that a lot for you normally? Because I don't know. It sounds, it sounds normal to me. I, mean, I just never had to pay $50 for four items at Target. I think like it's like maybe 35 to 40 bucks mm-hmm. is what I'm used to paying. So when my total was 50, I was like, wait, what changed? Did you look at the receipt? I mean, no, not really, because I was going to buy the items. <laughs> Anyway, because, okay, so I categorize health and beauty products as a need, right? So if I find a product that works for my skin and works with my body, it's a need. I agree. I mean, I need bar soap. I need to wash myself. Well, you need to be fresh and clean. (laughs) Yes. And my face wash and face moisturizer, it works for my skin. So of course I need that. And I need my gummies to be able to relax. So, I mean, I purchase the items, but at the same time, I just have never had to pay $50 for those well, things. You know, things have gone up quite a bit. I'm seeing. <laughs> <laughs> you feeling it in the cart and the wallet, but you know, it's just, it's like, I don't want to complain given what's happening in the world, but the $50 would not even cover the half tank of gas I had to fill oh, up the other my day. Lord. Let's not even talk about it. Let's I not. know. <laughs> so, but, you know, like you say, you often say God is good because we can pay for these things. We're in a position to be able to pay for these. Yes, God is good. So that is a silver lining that I was able to complete the purchase and I have my package on the way from Target. But again, it was just kind of um, eye-opening at the total. So I'm like, is this going to be what I have to budget for this? Just, just these four items. (laughs) (laughs) Like, dang, my face is getting expensive. (laughs) I gotta preserve my face. That's right. Yes. But how are you doing today? Okay, look, I'm having a pretty decent day. Mm-hmm. Well, I was until I walk in and I see my little minions. That's why I used to call my beloved student staff, <laughs> but you know, in a in a very loving way. <laughs> but I, I see them and they're working hard on this new cabinet that we had uh ordered, uh-huh. a storage cabinet for our center, our office. And then they tell me, um, I said, oh, you're putting it together. That's fantastic. And they said, oh, no, we stopped. I'm like, why? <laughs> I mean, did they need a break? Were they tired? No, I was like, yeah, because I don't, I don't know a slave driver. They can take a break if they want. But they, um, they didn't have the parts. And I said, what do you mean you don't have the parts? We had another cabinet earlier of a few months ago, same one, and they fixed it just fine. And then this new one, they're saying they don't have half the screws and 
things are missing. And I, you know, it was just confounding. So I guess I was confuzzled too. <laughs> oh, it's a, it's a confuzzled day. It was. For so, both of us. Wait, I'm so, a, so were the parts supposed to come with the storage cabinet? Yes, there were, it's missing 17 screws. Oh, see, no, I would have, um, contacted somebody and it's also missing. your manager <laughs> well that's the problem though this product you know is through amazon through a retailer from china so you ain't gonna get nobody to answer this call right so now uh, the best thing i can do is take my bougie self to a hardware store and i do not belong there because <laughs> whenever wait, i walk wait. in how come you don't belong at the hardware store because when i walk into a hardware store it makes no <laughs> sense to me you know, like I don't hardly ever walk into something like that. And that's why, you know, I'm bougie. And then everything looks dusty to me. <laughs> well, no, things are kind of dust, like at a Home Depot, Lowe's type store. It yes. just has that feeling like you walk on the floor and you're like, oh, yeah, it's dusty, mm-hmm. and dirty, industrial. Yes. And then I feel like I, there's sawdust all over me. <laughs> You know, so and here I am trying to wear a suit jacket, trying to be cute. And I guess that's what I get for walking into the <laughs> hardware store like that. But, you know, and then I have to go to somebody and ask them, do you have these nuts and bolts? <laughs> and they look at me like I'm nuts. <laughs> You're like, but, Wait, I, what? but I have to say, look, they did not ship me these through Amazon. And I don't I know I have a better chance with you than going through the retailer. But so you know exactly what type of nuts and bolts that you need. I'm going to bring the uh, instructions that they gave me in okay. the box and say, can you match these up? <laughs> because that the, well, the bolts I think will be easy, but the screws, the specific screws that I'm missing, that's going to be difficult because they don't really give you a size of the screw in there. So I'm just going to have to say they look about this. <laughs> I mean, at least you're giving them something to work with. And those I are professionals so. at the hardware store. So I hope that they'll be able to find yes. you what you need. But I do appreciate them and what they do. It's just that I don't walk into their space. Yeah, no. Stay in your lane. <laughs> I do. That's what I stay way in my lane when it comes to that. Stay in my lane too. That's when I, uh, dad, <laughs> call my Faja. <laughs> so, well. But, you know, oh, I have a, but on the flip side, I had a really nice encounter today. Like I went to the Starbucks, the local Starbucks that I went to with the same barista that I was talking about in a previous episode who made my bomb drink, but I have mm-hmm. not seen her to, t- to tell her about how great she made it yet. I Maybe will Maybe she though. retired. You think she retired? Aubrey, she said, I made the perfect drink for David, so I'm retiring. <laughs> she said, I can't beat this. <laughs> but no, like I was waiting in line and the gentleman in front of me, a young student actually, uh, he well he was actually tall he looked like he's like six two but he turned to me and said oh I want to get part of your drink and I'm like confused like part of my drink (laughs) but what it turned out to be was he had some more credit left on his gift card but he I don't think he was going to use the remaining or come back anytime soon Uh so he wanted to use it on the next person that was in line behind him that's so sweet and fortunately it was me and and then when the uh, barista called out his order and his name his name is Angel so he was my Starbucks Angel oh that's a good story (laughs) well thank you Starbucks Angel if you're out there listening so well you bless somebody David got blessed and now it's Mm -hmm. time for you to pay it forward so my Starbucks drink of choice David is (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> well, judging you know, I got you. You know, I got you, boo. No, I got you. Like, I was like, I was confused because I thought you were going to tell the listeners what your Starbucks drink was. <laughs> Actually, every time we go to Starbucks together, I get the same thing, which is the Trenta ice water. water. <laughs> I was like, Trenta ice water, extra ice. It's well, true. Because I always say, what I know, I, I'll go, she'll come with me and I'll say, I got you, boo, what you want? She's like, ice water. I'm like, okay, I'll pay 25 cents for the ice water. Only because, so if I drink a coffee drink after 12, I will be up. I get the jitters. So I try to stay away from coffee after 12 p.m. So I do appreciate you trying to treat me to coffee, but I'm just trying not to be up all night. <laughs> so, but speaking of drinks, I know of a few cute patios in the IE that we can sip our drinks on. So, oh, Starbucks. here in our beloved Inland Empire? Yes, we're going to show some love to the beloved IE today. So I wanted to um, highlight Cafe Organics and their patio. So remember, Boo, last year, like early last year, we had one of our very first uh, production meetings on the patio. We did. Yes, I do remember that space. It was a really cute space. Yeah. Well, um, Cafe Organics, for the listeners who do not know, it is Black owned and it's in San Bernardino. And actually, it's owned by John Sally. He is a former Lakers player. Mm -hmm. So side note, I am a Laker fan, but they're <laughs> they're not doing too great this season. So that's a conversation for another time. But it's it's nice to know that John Sally has chose the IE, you know, for his business investment. So if you look at Cafe Organics on Yelp, they have four and a half stars and they have over 200 reviews. So really good reviews, really good food. Um, it's a vegan cafe and I'm not vegan. But I do do meatless Mondays and meat-free Wednesdays. You know, I'm trying to reduce my carbon footprint, y'all. Trying, trying to do my part. <laughs> so, but yeah, the patio is inviting. They have cute patio lights, plenty of seating, and it's a perfect space for um, private events. So they do do private events. So I don't know, maybe Bougie Boo can do something there one day. That would be nice. I mean, well, we get to the point where we can invite our listeners to a nice little vegan meal. Actually, you know, that's the thing I remember. I was like hesitant about a vegan menu. And actually, they make quite delicious food and they make it taste uh, substantial and meaty. If, yes. you wish, you know, if you want that meat. Well, it has flavor. It so, does. It has a lot of flavor. So sometimes when you think of vegan food, you're just like, oh, you know, not sure if that flavor is there. But no, the flavor is there. Um, the head chef is a black man, not, not trying to say maybe that's why the flavor's there, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the thing that I appreciated was how friendly they were, as well as the fact that, do you remember they gave us a dessert to go? That was kind of them. Yeah, did they give us the, the fruit cups? I was trying to remember. I can't remember if it was the fruit cups or was it cookies? Uh, you know, it's been a while, so I don't remember. <laughs> oh, no, it, I do remember. It was their vegan fudge. Oh, and that yes. fudge was so good. I remember. So um, I have tried. So I've been there a couple of times. So I've, I've tried the American Woman Burger there, which is a seasoned patty with sharp cheddar, crisp tomato, red onions, farmhouse aioli. And I am not an aioli fan, so I said no aioli to my burger but uh, pickles and romaine lettuce on a buttery 
hosted brioche bun. <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you um, uh, auditioning for McDonald's? Uh, I mean, you, <laughs> you trying to read the McDonald's commercial? <laughs> but no, so I just remember their patio was super cute. It's super simple, super inviting. So if you're looking for a, a cute patio to um, dine at or sip some drinks in the IE, Mm-hmm. try cafe organics so and i mean i always like to think that cafe organics is a part of our history because like we said we had a production meeting there and they were really nice to us so shout out to them and then also another patio in the ie that i think is pretty nice for our listeners to check out the cutting board restaurant patio have you been there boo i have not yet i've i've, I've, heard, I've, I've heard about the place so it's a part of the Doubletree Hotel, and um, it's their restaurant on site. So I recently visited this patio. Um, I had a get together with some friends, and we had a rather large party. It was about a group of ten of us. And shout out to Jonathan, our server, because he was able to handle our group. Uh, we weren't rowdy or anything, but he was funny because he said you know, you guys are really nice. And I had a group of soccer moms last weekend and they were so rowdy. And so I just looked at him and I was like, I wonder if he's surprised that we are an all black group and we're not giving him the blues because that's what his comment kind of sounded like. But, you know, so shout out to Jonathan. Um, He was able to seat us in front of fire pits. So what he did was, so they have different fire pits along the space so he put two fire pits together which was so nice of him so it was five people on each side of the fire pit and um in the patio space they have like the hanging stringing lights it's really nice and then they also have a like a firewall you would say and so when it when the sun set and the fire pits are going lights came on it was a very nice almost romantic type space so and the food was good. Um, I ordered a Paloma. And so it's so funny because I'd never been a fan of Palomas when I was younger. Mm-hmm. But you know how they say when you get older, your taste buds kind of develop. Really do. Yeah. And well, they change. Yeah. So now I like tart flavors. So if those listeners, if listeners out there don't know, a Paloma has tequila grapefruit, blood orange puree, and a splash of Sprite with a tahini rim. So I normally would not like grapefruit flavors, but I'm finding myself enjoying the taste of grapefruit. And so you probably got used to these tart flavors because now you're used to the bitterness of life. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, No. (laughs) No, Cam's always keeping it positive. Well, and I don't like my drinks overly sweet. I don't like things too sweet. So I noticed that Palomas have that nice balance of like sweet and spicy. And it's refreshing. It tastes like summer. If I think of a drink that I want, like that summer feeling, I get a Paloma. I'm not that into alcohol, but where I get that tart, sweet flavor from are um, passion fruit based boba type drinks. Mm, so. Well, you kind of made me feel like a wino when you're like, I'm not into alcohol. No, <laughs> I know you don't get drunk and knocked off your feet every weekend. Oh, so. God, no, 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 no. So, 
but yeah, uh, so Palomas, those are my drinks of choice. And now that we're coming on spring and then into summer, I can uh, see myself drinking Palomas. Um, That's that nice. My, my drink of choice, if I do have an alcoholic beverage to, you know, accompany uh, something or a, for an occasion would be very lightweight. And it's uh, opposite of what you like. Again, it's sweet, uh-huh. but it's a Midori sour. Okay. And I do love myself a Midori sour. I think I'm mostly because I'm attracted to that green color. It's um, a pretty drink. Yes, it's a very pretty drink. But going back to what else I ordered at the cutting board. So I got this really good dish, tequila, lime, shrimp fettuccine so I don't know what it was about that night I guess I just wanted tequila yeah (laughs) you're like I'll take tequila without the worm please (laughs) so the fettuccine pasta um, had grilled shrimp and it was tossed in a spicy creamy and tangy sauce cilantro leaves and roma tomatoes so again very tasty dish and very tasty drink and again, I was able to enjoy it on the nice patio of the cutting board restaurant. So if you are on the IE and looking for some patio spaces, um, consider those two, those two spots. And what about you, Boo? Have you been to any patios lately? I haven't been to patios, but I have done some fine dining as, you know, as I like to do. <laughs> <laughs> but on this occasion, my sister and her fiance took me out to a restaurant called Matu in Beverly Hills. Me too? Um, <laughs> no, not the Me Too movement, <laughs> the Matu movement. <laughs> but no, and then one of the things they specialize is they have a five course uh, Wagyu steak uh, dinner. Mm-hmm. And so each course has something to do with Wagyu or steak. And I, it was a really sumptuous feast which I enjoyed thoroughly. Um, there, there are highs and lows, but most of it was high. But going through the course, uh, first of all, it's a $78 per person meal, and which is actually really good for a five course tasting menu. Mm-hmm. But then the first course is a beef broth made with simmering Wagyu bones for 24 hours. Ooh. And it, well, you, you know, Whoa. when you think, well, yeah, it's the thing, you think, <laughs> okay, I'm getting a broth, so I'm gonna get this nice little bowl, but you get this little cup. <laughs> This a tiny cup? little, a tiny little shot glass of broth. Okay, you know what? They're just teasing you at that point. <laughs> they are, but you know, but you're starting off the meal, right? And so the the broth had a nice saltiness to it, a little savoriness to it. Uh-huh. So yeah, it was a good way to get the palate ready for the steak that was coming. Okay. Wait. So are you supposed to take this broth in a shot? Uh, you could sip it if you want. I, it was kind of rich. I sipped it. I didn't take it as a shot. I think I would choked on that. <laughs> well then you wouldn't be able to enjoy the next yes four yes. courses just sip it solely as if you were spooning soup out of a bowl you know but you sip it out of a little shot glass okay so we had that and then the second course came out it was a hand cut tartare steak tartare with um, Japanese accents or flavors and that tartare was really good uh, they had the raw egg yolk in the middle I know you don't like eggs so <laughs> I'm much. like ooh. <laughs> And so well, you no, mix I, the I egg yolk. I like egg. I just like them cooked. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I like a lot of raw food. So, but if you uh, you mix the yolk in with the the chopped diced tartare, which is a rare raw steak, and just the flavors were just exploding in your mouth. And they gave you a couple little um, toast toasted bread to put on top of that uh, with the tartare. But, or you could eat the tartare as is, which I did as well, because it was just so 
delicious on the palate and the flavors and that the texture. I mean, some people might not like that raw meat texture, but I do. <laughs> and I tasted all that irony goodness in there, along with that egg, just that bound everything together. Do you, boo? Do you? I do, I do. <laughs> I make no apologies for the fact that I will eat these rare foods, these raw <laughs> foods. Um, but I enjoyed that. That was course number two. Number three was a centric cut filet cooked on the plancha uh, and served with a salad. And so the plancha is like a grill, a Spanish term for flat top grill. Um, but that was a nice little, there was like a, three or four little pieces of steak that they <laughs> came out with. And the salad was actually like um, two lettuce leaves dressed up in dressing. <laughs> you know, I would post this on Bougie Boo's on the Instagram so you guys can see what I'm talking Wait, about. Wait, but it's just... Like lettuce leaves, like no, like tomato, cucumber, no, carrot. Okay, you know how if you have a, a lettuce uh-huh. and you snap the leaf off the lettuce, uh-huh. right? So you have yeah. a giant leaf, uh-huh. but they they cut that leaf in half and gave you the top half, and they gave you two of those, <laughs> and it was drenched in their sauce, their their dressing, and that that accompanied three strips of steak <laughs> on the plate. <laughs> remember it's a tasting menu and for those of you who haven't done as much fine dining most courses in a tasting menu are relatively small because you're having a lot of uh, courses throughout the evening Mm -hmm. Uh, although I know a lot of people when I take them they're like I'm still hungry (laughs) (laughs) but I you know if you're used to a big if you have a big appetite you're used to big portions this is not what you're going to (laughs) get usually in these tasting menus well when you said um you know I'm still hungry that made me think when I did visit Nobu in Malibu mm-hmm. and right after <laughs> we were done at Nobu because I got like this shrimp dish we went to McDonald's after <laughs> so but shout out to Nobu in Malibu <laughs> but it is true you are hungry sometimes after you go to these fine dining restaurants yeah I guess I'm used to it so I'm usually never hungry I'm full <laughs> Are you calling me greedy? No, I'm just (laughs) saying that it takes, I think it takes um, getting used to that menu when you go in. But, you know, as I've gotten older, my appetites reduce as well. Uh, But then the fourth course came out and this was the highlight. It was braised beef cheeks served over celery puree. So it's like a celery puree. Mm -hmm. And um, the beef cheeks were so tender and moist and they just melted in your mouth when you bit into it. I was like, you couldn't even bite into it because they melted into your mouth. <laughs> and all those flavors just mingled on your tongue and danced on the tongue. So it was really nice. That sounds good. No, beef cheeks are the, I do like meat that melts in your mouth. Mm-hmm. So mm, yeah, that sounds delicious. Yeah. If it's cooked really well, that's what it should do. And then the last course came out and it was steak cooked over an open wood fire with broccolini. And this time they gave you a large chunk of steak um, with basically a whole steak kind of cut up and the meat meat was like medium rare, rare. Um, Actually more on the rare side, which I loved and because you could still see how red it was, but it was cooked perfectly for me. Um, But that, that was good too. But then we finished off our meal by getting dessert, uh, which was not part of the tasting menu, but we had a passion fruit and a strawberry panna cotta. So oh, I yeah. like panna cottas. Yeah. So well, that, I say panna cotta, but it's panna cotta. <laughs> well, you know, because I'm being bougie, it's panna cotta. 
<laughs> but most people will say panna cotta. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, that leads me into how people call me bougie because of the way I say what I'll say it the way most people say it right now, but uh, croissant, right? But uh-huh. yeah, uh-huh. the people say croissant. But I say, oh, I love myself a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> I can remember you saying croissant yeah. when we so were in like, uh, Belgium. In Belgium. I, <laughs> I said, oh, I love croissants. <laughs> and it's not that, well, it is bougie to say because in the sense that people are usually saying it like croissant. Mm-hmm. But, but I, I think it's more proper to say croissant. <laughs> anyway. Well, I that's mean, another tangent. However comfortable you're saying, you feel saying croissant. Or well, see, that's the thing. I feel comfortable. People are like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> you're like, this is me, okay? <laughs> no apologies. <laughs> so anyway, that was a really nice meal. I thank my sister and her fiance for that. The ambiance of the restaurant was really good too. It had like a dark, woodsy, masculine feel but it was still romantic feeling with leather and wood was kind of the theme in there uh and the the setting with the lighting was very romantic so it's a great place to take a date and then uh the serving staff was really good the maitre d was friendly the hosting staff i enjoyed and then the waiters were really kind of quirky because they were professional but bordering on unprofessional which I appreciated in a way because they we had one young girl every time she put a course down and we would say something like oh it looks delicious she was she would say heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> and you don't really get that at a fine dining fine dining establishment so she was just excited she was excited she was. you guys have tried that delicious food so. and then our other uh, male waiter he just had like this bro attitude, but it was like, he was really friendly and we enjoyed him. And the, you know, this wait staff, we made it a good experience as well. Well, good. I'm happy that you had a good experience there. I need to go get me some beef cheeks now. Yes, I mean, I recommend people try the five course menu if you're looking for a good uh, introduction to a tasting menu and you love uh, red meat and steak. You have to love steak because it's all steak in this five course menu. Well, when you were explaining the ambiance and you said it was like romantic and kind of uh-huh. dark, you know what I thought of? What did you think of? Netflix and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what you would do after this restaurant. So I, I would imagine you could go home, Netflix and chill. So what are you watching if you're Netflix and chilling? <laughs> so there is this new mini series documentary on Netflix called Worst Roommate Ever. Have you heard of it? I have not heard of it, but it sounds interesting. Well, boo, you need to watch it. So the first episode, it's about a serial killer named Dorothea. Sold. I'm sold. <laughs> Is it our friend Dorothea? We actually know a Dorothea. <laughs> you need to watch it because... So shout out to Dorothea. Um, or Dottie, as we call her. She is not a serial killer. <laughs> no, she's far, <laughs> further from the truth for that. She's like the sweetest person. But um, she told us that she is our number one fan. So thank you so much, Dottie. We love you. But there's a Dorothea <laughs> on this miniseries. And it's interesting because this Dorothea was born in Redlands. You sure it's not our Dottie? <laughs> Our Dorothea. That's why I started laughing even more. I'm like, wait a minute. Wait, should we be concerned about our Dorothea now? I'm just saying. <laughs> well, it's, you know what? She's listening, going, "Why are you talking about me like this?" 
Because <laughs> we love you, Donnie. We love you. <laughs> this Dorothea, she was killing people and burying them in her backyard. Mm-mm. And so, okay. That's a lot of work, too. <laughs> well, yes, exactly. And she she wasn't no young, you know, she wasn't a Megan the Stallion, young stallion. She was like an older lady. So she's hurting her knees when she's bending down. Because, well, Megan, you know, Megan. Got the Megan knees. <laughs> yeah, I know. Dorothea looked like she did not have a Megan <laughs> She had them, them uh, implants or something. <laughs> okay, well, hold on. So, Dorothea, she didn't start out as a serial killer. Well, who does? They start <laughs> off as innocent babies. <laughs> like, we we didn't start out as podcasters, and here we are. <laughs> Yay! No, okay. So, Dorothea, she was a sex worker. Mm-hmm. Then she moved on to fraud. And then okay. she eventually became a serial killer like, so that's a big jump though like from fraud to serial killer well but okay it's, it's levels to it but again i guess when you dabble in that type of lifestyle you kind of just have to keep on doing more and so her her ultimate level was what, serial kill, killer level but talk this- about being extra though <laughs> <laughs> but it was interesting because this woman she was a church-going philanthropist by day, but then at night she would drug people, and then once they eventually died, she would bury them in her backyard. And so the reason why she started drugging people is because so most of her victims they were on social security, mm. and because she was trusted in the community, she would become an authorized signer for their checks. So she was well known by like social services to take in people who needed help. And so she would take in people and then sign for their social security checks. But then these people would eventually come up quote unquote missing, but then she would still receive their checks and she would cash them. And so, but the only reason why she got caught is because one social worker was doing a follow-up on one of her clients. And Dorothea said, oh, he went to Mexico with my cousin. And so the social worker said, well, when is he coming back? And Dorothea told the social worker, oh, sometime next week. Well, the social worker called next week and the person wasn't there. So then the social worker kind of got suspicious. So then she asked the cops to go over to Dorothea's home. They didn't find anything. But then the social worker kept pressing Dorothea. And Dorothea said that the person never came back from Mexico. Well, eventually the FBI got involved and the FBI discovered a total of seven bodies mm-hmm. in her backyard. <laughs> I was like, this woman. And again. So she's was, collecting at least seven checks at once? Yes. But what was so ironic, her home was a few blocks from the city courthouse. <laughs> So she was bold, Dorothea. Yeah. I was like, wow. She was thumbing her nose at justice. Well, and then what's funny is before the first body was discovered, so she was at home and the FBI, they're kind of, you know, digging in her backyard and Dorothea had a feeling that they were going to find a body soon. Mm-hmm. So Dorothea goes to ask the FBI agent, can I go get a cup of coffee? And because they hadn't found anything on her yet. They let her go. But when she went to get this quote unquote cup of coffee, she ran. <laughs> <laughs> we could see that coming. 
<laughs> well, and then shortly after she ran, that's when they started discovering all of those bodies. Uh-huh. And then, um, but they eventually caught her. And yeah, because her bad knees didn't let her get very far. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this took place um, in Sacramento up north. And so she fled to Southern California where they eventually caught her and, you know, bought her back up north and she went to court and all that. So this woman eventually passed away in prison. But yeah, so worst roommate ever. She ended well, up being a serial killer under the guise of move into my home and let yeah. me help you. Mm-mm. Well, no. that reminds me of a tangent. I'm going off on a tangent. Reminds me of something that happened at a former job where the payroll clerk was mm. caught doing something. So she didn't kill people, but what she did was uh, she would take the social security checks of dead employees. So she would report them as still alive, alive. Oh my God. And she was cashing in their checks. If you died, she would report you, uh, your pay- payroll, but you were dead and she's taking your money. Oh. So she, And the reason why she got caught was because she started telling coworkers about all these vacations and how she was going to buy a new car. And they were like, but haven't you been poor with all your children? Well, and if you work at the same place I work at, how mm-hmm. are you making this happen? <laughs> and so her best friend slash coworker got kind of suspicious and looked into the finances and saw what she was doing and reported her. Oh my, see, and it's just unfortunate that money will drive people to do things like that. I'm pretty sure when Dorothea was growing up as a kid, she would never think that she would kill people. <laughs> And then bury him in her backyard. <laughs> yeah, I wonder what happens after the first one. It's like, oh, you know, there's all that panic. And what am I going to do? But then after the fourth one, you're like, oh, I'm ready for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't because you know how they say, oh, people who get tattoos, like you get one tattoo mm-hmm. and then you just have to have that feeling again. So you get another one yeah. and you get another one. I wonder if it's the a similar kind of feeling, like you kill one person. And you're like, oh, I got away with it. Let me try it again. <laughs> well, that was because all those um, checks that she was getting, she upgraded from Cafe Organics to Matu. <laughs> <laughs> Let me upgrade you. <laughs> and then another episode that um, I would have mentioned is about a serial squatter. And so this one was very interesting. It was a two-part. Mm-hmm. And this kind of got into more of like, the psychology behind why this guy was doing these things. I have a kind of a, a, I would say small background in hotel hospitality. Mm -hmm. So the laws that they were talking about in this particular episode, I understood them. So squatter rights. So I know for California, a person who has been in a home for 30 days on that 31st day, they become a tenant. And so the reason why I know this is true is because in hotels, um, guests who are there for more than 30 days, they establish residency. Now, if they're in the same room for more than 30 days, they establish residency. However, if the hotel moves them before that 31st day, they cannot establish residency because they, quote unquote, move move places. Mm -hmm. So I've heard of stories where people have been in a hotel for longer than 30 days and they have received mail at that hotel and the hotel has to actually start the eviction process on them. Oh my gosh. So, and this is what this guy was doing. So this serial squatter, um, as a kid, 
it said in the, the episode that his parents put a lot of pressure on him to become a successful lawyer. Mm-hmm. So this guy went to law school and he was studying to pass the bar. Well, while in uh, law school, he witnessed a gruesome murder at a restaurant. So the person he was actually having dinner with got their throat slit with a butcher knife right in front of his eyes. After that, I mean, rightfully so, I see somebody get their throat slit in front of me. I mean, that's a traumatic experience. So he, you know, stopped going to class, stopped studying. He never passed the bar exam. And eventually this guy became a tutor. But he didn't have a place to live. So, and all of his victims, they said the same thing. So they would put ads on Craigslist. He would answer their ads on Craigslist. He would move in the same day. Now, okay, if I put an ad in on Craigslist and somebody wants to move in the same day, aren't you going to think that's a red flag? Mm, That sounds sus to me. (laughs) Mm. So again, um, him ready to move in on the same day would have kind of alerted me like, oh, maybe this is not the best idea. But once moved in, he would slowly show his true self. And then by the 31st day, he would totally flip. He would flip on these roommates. And all of the roommates that they interviewed were all female. So these females were kind of scared of him Mm -hmm. because he would just go from zero to 60 in a matter of a second. So, you know, bloodshot face, dark eyes, his hair would get raised because he has like all this anger and issues built up from when he witnessed that gruesome murder. So I'm not going to tell you how this particular uh, episode ends. It's just interesting. However, I like the way that Netflix um, or the director of the documentary, I like the way that they shot this particular episode because they really helped you understand how he got to that point. And then it was some education in there too about squatters' rights and how he was able to live at these people's houses rent-free. And one of the victims, she said he was there for four years before she was able to actually evict him. Yeah. So can you imagine living someplace for four years rent-free? I mean, I mean, I guess it was good for his budget, but yeah, he was, no one wanted him there and basically he was there because of spotter rights and because he had went to law school, mm-hmm. he studied all of these laws and he knew what he can get away with. That's dangerous when people know the law in that way, use their savvy, their law savvy to take advantage of situations. So, I mean, if our listeners do decide to watch this, I mean, just know that I was clutching my pearls when I was watching these episodes. <laughs> and she ain't even got no pearls on. <laughs> I was so shocked. I was like, oh my God. So I really felt bad for these victims, but I was happy to hear that they eventually got him out of their house. It just took a lot of time. Well, at least they weren't killed by Dorothy and Barrett in the backyard. (laughs) And then there's some other episodes too. Those are the only two I'm going to discuss today, but it's a good series. So I suggest um, Worst Roommate Ever on Netflix if you're looking for something to watch. And what about you? What have you been watching, Boo? Thanks for letting me know about that series because I'm going to have to check that out to see, <laughs> see what kind of red flags to look for with these roommate potentials. Um, but no, I'm watching a new show that just started on NBC. It's called The Endgame. Mm-hmm. And I actually quite enjoyed it. I, it's a little over the top, 
but then so am I. So I really, I took to the series. But if you watch um, shows like The Blacklist or Blind Spot, mm-hmm. it's it has a similar vibe to those kind of shows. But it's basically like a heist drama in the beginning. But it's a, a a chess game between two female strong female protagonists, the criminal mastermind Elena Fedorova, also known as the Queen, and she's played by um, uh, Marina Baccarin, who's an actress I love. And then Val Turner is the FBI agent she goes up against, and that she's played by Ryan Michelle Bethay. And some people may know her as Sterling K. Brown's wife. Hey, Sterling. <laughs> <laughs> He's very and, handsome. I like yeah. him on This Is Us. And yeah, he was on, he is on This Is Us, and she was actually on there for a short stint as well, I mean, her with her husband. But, and then people may know Morena from um, being Deadpool's girlfriend in Deadpool 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. So, but anyway, the, the two of them have this cat and mouse game, and they one-up each other in terms of trying to figure out the, each other's move. And it's really fun to watch, but like I said, it does go over the top where sometimes the scenarios are unbelievable. Like, how did she anticipate that? you know mm-hmm. so then she's robbing like 17,000 banks all at once and she has all these pieces moving and then the the FBI agent is figuring all this out too like for one example she gets to one site where she figured out this is the site that she's going to rob for sure uh-huh. and everybody else didn't believe her so she went over there and then her um Elena Fedorova's people were there she was right so the agent was right and then as the security doors were coming down over the building one of the robbers puts a sign on the window and it says you were right saying <laughs> so elena knew that she was going to go over there but it's like wait aren't aren't women always right though <laughs> uh i don't want to answer that <laughs> i will say that they think they're always right <laughs> Ooh, well i'm gonna be biased and say women are always right <laughs> because the problem is if people know me, they think they know that I always think I'm right and I'm not a woman. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding, boo. But no, of course. I mean, <laughs> we're all right in our own minds. But no, some people just aren't right at all. Like Dorothea. <laughs> not our Dorothea. The not our daddy. <laughs> the crazy Dorothea. <laughs> but no, so the end game, uh, just wa- check that out if you want to view something interesting however i don't think the ratings are very strong on it so i'm a little afraid it's going to get canceled oh. which happens to a lot of shows that i like and yeah. i get used to it but you know just try to enjoy what is there i hope they finish out their run and the storyline concludes and doesn't leave you on a cliffhanger at least yeah okay well i'll have to check that out so now comes a point where we want to ask questions <laughs> But not necessarily get some answers. They're more rhetorical questions. Mm, mm-hmm. Okay, so now what we want to talk about is, <laughs> oh, and let me set this up. Let me set this up right. <laughs> if you've seen <laughs> The Last Holiday from Queen Latifah, do you recall that movie? It's probably been a while, right? I do, I do. And she, in the movie, I'm not really giving anything away, but she gets diagnosed with a, a tumor, a rare brain tumor in her. And, and so she's told she only has so many weeks to live. So she decides, you know, I'm just going to live my life. But after the diagnosis, she goes to her gospel choir, which she's a part of in her church. Mm-hmm. And as the choir is singing, she looks up to the sky, looking at God, and she says, why? 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 
Lord, why? Why? Yeah, is that she keeps asking why? And eventually, eventually, the church and the congregation they pick that up and they're like, why, why, why? <laughs> <laughs> so I said to myself, you know what? There are times when I ask that, I'm like, why? And so today we're going to introduce a segment called why, and what that means exactly. We're going to just ask questions, rhetorical questions. We're not even going to expand upon why we ask them. We're going to put them forth to you, the audience. And you could say, I agree, disagree, or you can even say, yeah, why? So, so let me start with one here. Why do people hold up lines with paper checks? And why can they not fill out those checks before they get to the register? Why? <laughs> Okay, can I ask a why question? Sure, yes, of course. This is, this, is a, this is a segment for it. Why do hairstylists not honor your original appointment time? Why? Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, and then I got one more to close out this segment for today. <laughs> <laughs> why, even when there are signs asking people not to, do people stick paper towels down public <laughs> toilets and clog them up? Why? <laughs> and that has been why. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, listeners, for joining us in this why segment. And if you have a why question that you want us to include in this why segment, send us a DM at Bougie Booth on Instagram. <laughs> Oh, you know what our listeners would probably say is, why are we listening to them? No. Yeah. <laughs> They're saying, why? Oh, my gosh. Well, anything else you want to say before you get out of here, Boo? No, I think I've already vented out myself, so I'm all tuckered out now. Oh, man. Well, this has been fun, as always. Any last announcements? Anything? Any questions? No, I think why I took care of it. <laughs> well, booze, we thank you for listening to us. And till next time, be bougie. And remember, you ain't got to be bougie if you stay bougie. Bye. Bye.